Well, God bless you. Welcome to the Wonderful Words of Life radio program. We are going to be looking into the tragedy and the triumph of the cross. And so before we get into the Word of God, let's go ahead and pray. Father, in the name of Jesus, Lord, we bless you. We thank you, Father. We thank you for your goodness and for your mercy. We thank you for our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, the one in whom we have all blessings and all spiritual blessings in heavenly places. We thank you for it, Father. Now, Lord, uh, through the power of the Holy Spirit, enlighten us. We look to our helper now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. Well, praise God. Uh, we're going to talk about first the tragedy of the cross. And we know that the crown of creation was the moment that the Lord God formed man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being. Can you imagine the joy and rejoicing when that man that God formed breathed the breath of life in him and that man stood up? Hallelujah. Oh, that was the crown of creation. Amen. The angels rejoiced. All of God's creation rejoiced uh, when man was created. Hallelujah. But unfortunately, Adam sinned. His man, God's man, Adam sinned. And he did so because of disobedience. And the curse of sin then came upon him and through him affected the entire uh, creation of God all the way to our day. It was this that the Lord said uh, to Adam. He said to him, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten from the tree about which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat from it. Cursed is the ground because of you and toil. You shall eat of it all the days of your life. But thorns and thistles, it shall grow for you and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, because from it you were taken and for you are dust and to dust you shall return. And in writing to the Roman church, Paul tells of the groaning and the travail of the creation. He says it this way. He says, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. For not only this, but also we ourselves having the first fruits of the Spirit, even we ourselves grown within ourselves, waiting eagerly for our adoption as sons, the redemption of our body. Hallelujah. So we see how sin brought into God's creation death, pain, and suffering. But there's coming a day when all the ravages that sin has caused, all of it will be extinguished. And the fiery trials and the hard bondages that so many of God's people endure through today from past to present will all be washed away. Amen. Through because of the precious blood of Jesus that was poured out upon the cross. What a tragedy that it took the infinite God man to suffer all of the reproaches he suffered on the cross so that we might be saved. And I like uh, this passage of Scripture says that says he shall wipe away every tear from our eyes and there shall be no longer any death and there shall no longer be any mourning or crying or pain for all the first things have passed away. What a tremendous promise. Praise God. 
So one thing we know for sure, and that is that the pain and the sorrow and the death as a result of sin, all of it will pass away. All of it was caused by the fall of man, but all of it will pass away one day. Amen. Praise God. And also we have the promise that pain and sorrow will pass and that even though we're waiting for that glorious day and until that day comes, God has determined for us that we are to live in this life not under the curse of sin any longer, but under the gift of righteousness that came by one who we call our sin bearer, Christ Jesus, our Lord and our Savior, because it is through him we live now above the curse of the law, the curse of sin. All the ills that were brought upon the human race, we've been redeemed from it all. You know, Deuteronomy chapter 28 tells us that if we'll hearken to the word of the Lord, well, we have hearkened because the word came. His name is Jesus. And we bowed our knee to him. We confessed our sin to him. We asked him to come in and we received him by faith. Hallelujah. He came in. And because of that, the curse of the law was removed from us. Now, the curse is still evident, but it doesn't have a power over us. It doesn't dominate us like it did at one time. You know, Paul, Moses wrote in Deuteronomy chapter 28. He said that we're above the curse, that we're above only and not beneath. That we've been raised up and God has blessed us. He blesses the work of our hands. He blesses us, blesses us going in and coming out. He blesses us, our fruit in store. He's commanded the blessing upon not just our life, but the life of the fruit of our loins. Hallelujah. God has blessed our bread and water, and he has taken sickness away from the midst of us, and the number of our days he will fulfill. And it's all because of Jesus. Hallelujah. Aren't you glad that you're part of God's divine plan? I'm telling you, if, you, if you're if you listening to this broadcast and you've never asked Jesus Christ to come into your heart and life, the curse of sin is still upon you, sir. The curse of sin is still upon you, ma'am. But God has provided a cure for the curse. And he wants to take that curse away from you. But it's only through the merits of Jesus Christ. You may be in the church. You may be a member of the church, but you've never truly been born again. I'm telling you today, church membership won't save you, but Christ will. Water baptism won't save you, but Christ will. Hallelujah. And all of these great promises that we're talking about in this session, the Holy Spirit wants to make them real to your heart today, this very moment. You can repent of sin and ask Christ to come into your heart and life, and he'll do it. But you've got to come to him by faith. Amen. Bringing nothing but yourself, and he'll save you, and he'll redeem you. The tragedy of cross, Isaiah 
the tragedy of the cross, rather, Isaiah spoke about this in Isaiah chapter 53. Who hath believed our report? And to whom is the arm of the Lord revealed? Now, who is going to have the arm of the Lord revealed? Those to whom believe God's report. Notice Isaiah says, who hath believed our report? See, he's an ambassador for Christ. He's, he's representing God. Isaiah's report is God's report. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice what else Isaiah says. He says, for he shall grow up before him as a tender plant, and as a root out of a dry ground, he has no form to comeliness, and when we shall see him, there is no beauty that we should desire him. His, his beauty, Christ's beauty, was not in the outward man, but it was in the inward man. He is despised and rejected of men, a man of sorrows and acquainted with grief. And we hid, as it were, our faces from him. He was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God, and afflicted. But he was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned every one to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. See, he was oppressed with our oppression. If we're oppressed today, we can be delivered through what Jesus did on the cross, through the tragedy of the cross. We can triumph today over oppression. Through the tragedy of the cross, we can triumph today over depression. Through the tragedy of the cross, we can triumph over every sickness, every disease, every ill known to man. We can triumph over it. Hallelujah. It's through him. Praise God. Rejection, spirit of rejection. We can triumph over rejection through the power of the cross. Praise God. He was wounded for our transgressions. He was bruised for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace was upon him, and with his stripes we are healed. All we like sheep have gone astray. We have turned everyone to his own way, and the Lord has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed and he was afflicted, yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. So he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living. For the transgression of my people was he stricken. And he made his grave with the wicked and with the rich in his death. Because he had done no violence, neither was any deceit in his mouth. Yet it pleased the Lord to bruise him. He hath put him to grief. When you shall make his soul an offering for sin, he shall see his seed. He shall prolong his days, and the pleasure of the Lord shall prosper in his hand. He shall see of the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many, for he shall bear their iniquities. Therefore will I divide him a portion with the great, 
and he shall divide the spoil with the strong because he has poured out his soul unto death. He was numbered with the transgressors and he bare the sin of many and made intercession for the transgressors. Notice I say, surely he hath borne our griefs and carried our sorrows. Yet we did esteem him stricken, smitten of God and afflicted. Notice that smitten of God and afflicted. Every sin, every injury, everything that sin has brought into the human race was laid upon Christ. God did that. God smote Christ on the cross. Christ took all of the punishment that was deserving of us and laid it upon the body of the Lord Jesus Christ. He bore it for us. It was Christ who was made sin for us. He who knew no sin, it was he himself that took our infirmities and bare our sicknesses. So the story of the gospel is his story of how he came to bear away our sins and redeem us from the curse of the law. Praise God. Peter said it this way. He said, for you have been called for this purpose, since Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example for you to follow in his steps, who committed no sin, nor was any deceit found in his mouth. And while being reviled, he did not revile in return. While suffering, he uttered no threats, but kept entrusting himself to him who judges righteously. And he himself bare our sins in his body on the cross, that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. For by his wounds or by his stripes ye were healed. For you were continually straying like sheep, but now you have returned to the shepherd and guardian of your souls. That's reading out of the New American Standard. Second Corinthians 5.21 says, For he who knew no sin was made to be sin for us, so that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. And Paul said it this way, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree. In order that in Christ Jesus, the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles so that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. And Paul said it this way. We have been crucified with him, but we live. And how do we live? We live by faith in the Son of God who loved us and gave himself for us. So what Jesus suffered was on the cross was for our griefs and our sicknesses, for our sorrows and for our pains. And through his suffering on the cross, he took our place and bare away the curse and all that comes with it. All the sin comes with it. See, that's the tragedy of the cross. Those that knew Christ, those were that saw him suffering on the cross, those whose hearts were broken. I tell you, it broke God's heart. But it was necessary. 
And while Jesus was on the cross, you and I were on his mind. God did this for us. And Jesus was willing to take upon himself the likeness of human flesh. And for flesh, he suffered. For the joy that was set before him, he endured the cross, despising the shame. Wherefore, God has highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name. If you're a sinner today, if you haven't received Christ, Christ did this for you. Amen. All of your sins have been remitted. He's not holding your trespasses against you any longer. All past sins have been atoned for by the blood of Jesus. But all of this knowledge will not avail you if the Holy Spirit doesn't make it real to your heart and bring conviction to your heart, whereby you're willing to get on your knees and repent and ask Christ to come into your heart and life. Now, to those who are saved, the Holy Spirit made this real to us and humbled us. And we came to Christ by simple faith and we received the promise of eternal life through him. Praise God. What a blessing. So that's the tragedy of the cross. Well, what is the triumph of the cross? It's Christ's sacrifice on the cross that have caused us to become the sons and daughters of God through faith in him. We have now received the spirit of adoption. We now, in reality, have become the sons and the daughters of God. We are adopted. But adoption means that God has legally given us the same rights and the privileges of his firstborn son. Praise God. Hallelujah. Amen. We have the right to be free. We have the right to exercise authority over the devil. We have a right to exercise authority over the elemental spirits of this age. We have a right to reign as kings in this life. And it's all through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Hallelujah. Not by works which we have done, but it's because of God's mercy that he saved us. With the washing of regeneration and renewing of the spirit which he has shed upon us abundantly. Hallelujah. We have now become his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus unto good works, which God hath before ordained that we should walk in them. Praise God. Hallelujah. This is the triumph of the cross. Paul said it this way, For we have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but we have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, God now is our heavenly father. Hallelujah. We are part of his family. We have been grafted into the vine. And the same life that is in the vine now is in the branches. And the branch brings forth fruit. Fruit that endures unto eternal life. Praise God. Hallelujah. John said it this way. But as many as received him. To them gave he the power, the right, and the privilege to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Praise God. Are you a believer today? Do you believe in the name of Jesus? John, again, in his first epistle, said it this way, Beloved, now are we the sons of God, 
and it does not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. Praise the Lord. Amen. And again, in writing to the Galatians, Paul said it this way, and because you are sons, God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your hearts, crying, Abba, Father. Hallelujah. Abba, Father. Abba, Father. We are the children of God. We are the sons and the daughters of God. Hallelujah. He has redeemed us through his precious blood. Praise God. Amen. 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 Hallelujah. Now, our life and our power is now drawn from the life and the power of the Son of God. It is he that has defeated death. It is he that is reigning at the right hand of the throne of God. And it is he that ever lives to make intercession for us. Amen. Those who don't know Christ, the spirit of God is wooing them, bringing them to the cross. And I'm telling you, there are thousands being saved every hour all over this world. God is calling those, hallelujah, out of darkness into light. Amen. He wants every sinner to be saved. He wants all to come to the knowledge of the truth. He doesn't want anyone to perish. He wants everyone to be saved. He wants everyone to be a part of his family. God wants a huge family. Amen. Millions and millions and billions are part of his family. And he has the resources to take care of every one of them. Hallelujah. It is now in Christ that we have the right, we have the power, and we have the authority, amen, to live above the things and the elemental spirits of this world. Now we have been given authority to go forth and to preach the gospel to every creature. And all those that believed and are baptized will be saved, but those that believe not will be damned. We now have the authority. And Jesus said, these sons shall follow them that believe. In my name, they shall cast out devils. In my name, they shall speak with new tongues. In my name, they shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not harm them. And in my name, they shall lay hands upon the sick and they shall recover. God has granted us that authority in his name. Praise God. And that's what the church has done throughout its history has gone all over the world preaching the gospel. But there are many in the world today that think the gospel and Christ is their enemy. Friend, I want to tell you, Christ is not your enemy. Satan is your enemy. He is the one that Jesus said comes to steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus said this. He says, but I've come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. 
Christ wants to give you abundant life. It's Satan who steals, kills, and destroys. And I want to ask you a question. Those of you listening to this broadcast that don't know Christ, are you tired of being stolen from? Are you tired of all of your expectations being killed? Are you tired of your life, your home life, your business life? Are you tired of it being destroyed? Well, it's because you're serving the wrong God. Come to Christ. Come to him who suffered on your behalf. Come to him who was made sin with your sin so that you might be made with his righteousness, a friend of God. Hallelujah. Amen. So, yes, now in Christ Jesus, we have been given the right, the power and the authority to go into all the world to preach the gospel. We, those who have known, who know Christ through the, both through the tragedy and through the triumph of the cross, we, through faith in his precious blood, have been given divine life, have been given divine healing, and have been given divine unction to do all the will of God, all that he has called us to do. There is a purpose in our salvation, my friend. God's purpose. He has a purpose for you. He has a plan for you. Hallelujah. And he wants you to succeed and he'll give you the power to succeed. Well, somebody might say, well, what about the devil and the powers of darkness? Isn't, isn't he going to stop us? No, he can't stop you. If you're determined to do all the will of God, there's not a thing in the world the devil can do about it. Well, what am I going to do about him? Well, James tells us. James tells us there are seven things that we do that defeats darkness. Number one, we submit to God every day. We come to him with empty hands, only armed by faith in his precious blood and what he's done for us. And once we have submitted to God, then we can resist the devil. Until we have fully submitted to God, we cannot, we do not have the power, we do not have the ability to resist the devil. We submit to God, we resist the devil, then what do we do? Well, then we draw near to him. We draw near to God, and then God draws near to us. Hallelujah. The fourth thing we do is that we cleanse our hands. We don't get our hands involved in things that we know are not pleasing to God. We keep our hands clean, praise God. And the fifth thing we do is that we purify our hearts. There is a double-mindedness in the church today. We reach out with one hand for God and with the other hand for the world. Listen, that's not going to work. That leads to tragedy. That leads to death. That leads to defeat. No, we purify our hearts from any double-mindedness. We are gods and only gods. We don't belong to the world. We may be in the world, but we're not of the world. The sixth thing we do is that we do and we be afflicted and mourn concerning sin. 
the ills of other or the sins that we have that we may have committed ourselves, whether they be sins of omission or sins of commission. We be afflicted and mourn in repentance over them. And the seventh thing that we do is we humble ourselves in the sight of the Lord and he will lift us up. Praise God. The tragedy and the triumph of the cross. It was Christ. The tragedy of our sin was laid upon him so that he, through faith in him, granted us the triumph. He rose from the dead. He's reigning at the right hand of the throne of God and he's raised us up and he's made us to sit with him in Christ through simple faith in his blood, trusting him in, in his wonderful name. We give you praise and honor and glory today, Father, for the tragedy and for the triumph of the cross. Christ's tragedy has become our triumph and we thank you, Father, and we give you praise and honor and glory for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you were to die today, that you would be prepared for heaven? If you're not sure, then I encourage you to pray this prayer with me. Father God, I come to you through your Son, Jesus Christ. I repent and ask you to forgive me of my sin and cleanse me from all unrighteousness. I surrender my heart and life to you. By faith, I believe I receive you as my Lord and Savior, and I thank you for receiving me in Jesus' name. Amen. If you prayed this prayer and desire to know more about the gift of Christ that the Heavenly Father offers you, then email us at rbtc86 at gmail.com. We will be glad to answer your questions promptly and provide you at your request with materials that will help you to grow in your faith in the Lord Jesus. This is Patsy Dunning. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. And let me remind you to tune in to this station at the same time next week to hear more of the wonderful words of life. God bless you and remember what Jesus said. It is the Spirit who gives life.